You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Well, hello, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, and today we've got another edition of Better Know a Collector. And today's collector is the hobby legend Tanner Jones. And in our conversation, we talk a little bit about Tanner's book, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. We talk about his podcast. We talk about what it's like to be focused on a particular um, collecting goal. And we talk a lot about his faith and how that influences his collecting journey. So I'm excited that you get to be a part of that conversation. And we'll get right into it after this quick break. Starstock is a new trading card marketplace which is preparing to go live in April. Their goal is to be a faster and cheaper solution to sell cards, and they're looking for sellers who want to be some of the first to have their cards available for sale at launch. I'm going to be testing the platform with my own submission. They're offering a 5% sales commission with no other submission or processing fees. You send in your cards and they do all the work. Cards are insured and stored in a vault, and you can have your cards shipped to you at any time. You'll be able to buy, store, or flip cards at the push of a button. If you're interested in learning more about getting involved as a seller and getting your cards onto the site for launch, contact Mike Kuchera via email at mike at starstock.com. They're looking for sellers who have rookie and prospect cards of current players for the major sports. For more details, contact Mike Kuchera at mike at starstock.com or go to www.starstock.com. All right, welcome back from this break. And today I've got another guest with us on the line. He is an author. He is a podcaster. He is a recovering super collector. He is Tanner Jones. Tanner, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. I'm glad we're getting a chance to finally connect after interacting online for the last couple of years, um, I'm glad we get a get a, a chance to connect. If you follow Tanner at all online, you will see that that his um, collecting journey seems to revolve around Jose Canseco, faith, family, and memes. Tanner, is there anything else? Oh gosh. Um- yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I, I love comic books and Transformers and, uh, you know, uh, various television shows. So I'm, uh, I, I have a lot of interest, but, you know, I'm just not really too terribly that deep of a person, I guess, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I know those are, are some of your favorite things that I enjoy reading about. Um, I first found you on the blowout forums uh, a couple of years ago and then became aware of your book, you know, um, that you kind of chronicled your journey as uh, a Jose Canseco super collector. And you, you titled that Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. What prompted you to write that book? Well, you know, I've been wanting to write a book forever. It was just like a bucket list thing. And uh a number of years ago, I actually wrote a, a kind of a book that I used more of as like a sales tool or marketing tool for business. And because uh, I've been doing websites, uh, you know, as my own as my own thing for about 20 years now. And uh, I just wasn't too passionate about writing about it. 
So then I said, well, gosh, why don't I talk about baseball cards, you know, in a book? So I did that and just the, the pages just kind of wrote themselves. It's so easy uh, to get the content down. As a matter of fact, um, the book ended up being, I think, probably 182, 187 pages, something like that. Uh, I actually, uh, you know, before I published it, uh, it was up to like 215 pages. So I think I cut out about 40 pages uh, because I just I just love rambling about uh, cardboard so much. Did you have anybody working with you to kind of formally edit it or was it all pretty much self-edited, self-published? Yeah, you know, I actually had uh, my wife Holly read through it a few times and I think I had, I've had my friend Kristen read through it if I remember correctly. I, I, I'm kind of uh, fuzzy on that, but I, I know my mom did also. Uh, she read through it. So, you know, not like, you know, there, there were no like, you know, paid professional, so to speak, to do it. It was mainly just us. And I remember going through probably three or four iterations of when I was finished, you know, say, oh, I'm finally done. I'm going to take this to the presses. But, you know, probably better get a, a copy first just to make sure you get the copy. And then I find something's wrong. I'm like, ah, dang it. And so that happened two, three, four times. And, you know, so finally, you know, so you'd be hard pressed to find many errors. Surely there's going to be some in there because it was, my thing it wasn't like you know some professional you know deal that's published but uh but yeah it was fun a lot of that the book talked about what got you into cards back when you were a kid and it chronicled your jose canseco super collection process of both building that and and then ultimately um the decision to sell it but faith played a big role in that process and faith is something that definitely played a prominent role in the book and and so I was I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how in addition to the impact on the Jose Canseco collection how has your faith influenced your hobby you know I I appreciate that question um because in my opinion that's going to be the the best question the biggest question that anybody ever asks me when it comes to this sort of thing um yeah so my my faith is obviously it's uh, it's rooted in uh, um, jesus christ as my savior um and that basically covers everything like that's that's first and foremost the most important thing to me and uh you know that's gonna like really kind of be like nails on chalkboard to a lot of folks that are out there listening i get it i completely understand you go to Amazon and you look at my reviews, there's a lot of four and five stars, but there's even a few one and two stars. And uh, the one and two star ratings are those guys that said, ah, oh, this guy talks about God too much and he talks about religion and this, that, and the other. But, you know, it's just, that's my life, you know, and not trying to ram it down anybody's throat. But, um, uh, you know, for those who ask, here's, you know, here's my answer. Faith uh, uh, in God is, is kind of what drives me. And so, uh, the way that it influences my collecting is what you really have to do is you have to look in the Bible and see what um, God calls his believers to do. And uh, God calls his believers to make disciples of the nations, to glorify him. And so um, a lot of people don't really understand this. So I'm just kind of trying to explain, you know, try to walk you through this uh, for your listeners to sure. hopefully better understand that the mind of somebody that's a, a Christ follower that identifies as somebody that's a follower of Jesus. 
is, uh, you know, whenever you get into something, anything in your life whatsoever, whether it be, you know, work, hobby, anything, if you're a follower of Christ, you know, Jesus has to play into that role somewhere, you know, uh, and obviously he's supposed to be like the main thing. So when it comes to collecting, um, you have to be careful to make sure that it doesn't become the main, you know, the main focus, the center of attention. And so I saw myself doing that a little bit with collecting, um, where my attention was probably more on cards uh, than on God. And so, and the funny thing is, is that's always going to be like a battle, like an ongoing battle for me and for probably everybody else on the planet here that collects cards or that's into anything, you know, there's always like this battle for your attention. And, sure. uh, you know, so for me, it's cardboard. And, uh, uh, so that's kind of one of the things how, you know, God kind of played into the whole, uh, card collecting thing for me. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I think for me, you know, I'm a, a part of the, um, Jesus and sports cards, Facebook group, you know, that, that, that you are also a part of and that you kind of help coordinate. And I think one of the things that's come up for me when I think about my own interaction with my faith and the hobby is also just the, maybe the reputation or some of the conversations that come up with others who are collecting the, the thought of how I interact with other collectors, the, impression that I leave on them and maybe even some of the conversations that I've been able to have with other people who think through integrity issues or other types of things um, that are that are kind of influenced based on my faith. And so I think, you know, when I think about that question myself, I think those are some of the things that have also um, come up in addition to kind of the, the priorities um, topic that you outlined. Mm, yeah, no, I I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that the whole reason in I want to apologize to you and anybody else out there that's part of the Jesus and Sports Cards uh, group. You know, I haven't been active in that, and it's just kind of been, you know, I I'm really great at starting things. I'm just terrible at following through on a lot of them. <laughs> but uh, you know, the whole reason for it is is there's a verse that says, you know, that the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I think uh, Jesus was saying that to uh, his disciples. And so, you know, it, it just kind of dovetailing in what you're saying, you know, through uh, working through certain integrity issues and, and how we are to respond and to other people in this uh, community, in our spheres of influence, uh, whether they are believers or whether they're not believers. You know, we are here to be uh, Jesus to others. And, and what that means um, for me, and I think for everybody, is if you're a follower of Christ, um, it doesn't mean you know, like forget the term Christian for a second. Don't, don't be a, a Christian, you know, be, be a, be a Christ follower, be Jesus to somebody. And I think that actually carries a lot more weight than saying, for instance, uh, well, I'm just going to be a Christian because a lot of the world today in America, especially if you think of the term Christian, you think of somebody that, uh, you know, they might hate homosexuals. They might, uh, you know, think Chick-fil-A is holy and, uh, you know, all these other things, you know. And uh, and so I, I don't think that I think that kind of has uh, uh, been a problem for us as Christ followers, because that's not really what we should be about. We shouldn't be at the, you know, on the picket line, so to speak. We should be modeling our lives as, as how Jesus lived, as, uh, as shown in the Bible. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. And so, yeah, I, you know, knowing that that is a big part of who you are and has influenced your um, collecting journey, that's a, a topic that I wanted to touch on a little bit. Like you said before, you know, some people may not like that. Um, some people may um, love that that's a topic that we covered, but it was something that I wanted to make sure uh, we hit on in our in our conversation today. Uh, one of the other things that you've been involved with more recently is your podcast. And I was I was wondering if you could kind of tell me about that progression. You know, what prompted you to, to decide to jump into the, the podcasting world and, and that type of thing? Yeah. So, you know, it was funny because I was on a walk, like I, I walk in my neighborhood a lot at night and, um, you know, I, I remember I was listening to a podcast and it, it was somebody, I think it was Gary V actually. And it's kind of funny. We're going from one pol- polarizing uh, subject to another, but, um, <laughs> but you know, he, he's got some great business advice and, you know, and I've really enjoyed it. But um, one of the things that he said was like, if you want to start a podcast, why don't you just do it now? And so I go, huh, that's a good idea. So I stopped it and I literally looked for a podcast uh, app on my phone as I was walking. I downloaded it, installed it, clicked record and started talking. And, um, you know, there's, gosh, it's it, it literally could be like the worst podcast in the whole world. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> it literally might be. I don't know. Um, because, first of all, there's nothing that's written down. There is absolutely, you know, nothing planned and it's me talking while I'm, while I'm walking. So you probably hear people or people probably hear me uh, out of breath as I'm walking and all that sort of thing. But it's just really kind of an outlet to allow myself to talk more about baseball cards and, and hopefully help others think through certain things, whether it be if they want to sell their own collections or uh, the importance of trading, um, uh, you know, little little side journeys that I've been on. And, and ultimately it's just kind of another place for people to kind of, uh, tune in and, you know, be able to listen to, uh, uh, you know, background noise about baseball cards, I guess. Now, I don't see you promoting it all that much. It looks like you're really, it's, it's hosted by anchor. It's available on Spotify through their relationship, but I don't see it on Apple podcasts. I don't see you promoting it a whole lot. Is there any kind of reasoning behind that <laughs> not really i just don't have time uh <laughs> like okay. l- literally the uh you know like for instance well like let's say if i'm going to be doing a podcast tomorrow night uh and and gosh let me tell you something i'm doing literally everything wrong with this podcast <laughs> uh so i literally could say okay i'm going to be walking tomorrow night and as i'm walking i might say you know what now's a good time to do a podcast and when i click record and i'm just going to start talking and after 20, 30, 40 minutes, whenever I'm done saying what I have to say, I click save and push upload and that's it. <laughs> you know, so uh, certainly there could be a lot more promotion and marketing. And I, I know there's a lot of other tricks to be done, you know, like uh, to make sure it's regularly scheduled, to make sure it's planned out, to make sure uh, there's some sort of a script and that sort of thing. And, you know, I just, gosh, I just don't have the time to do it, you know. So it's this is kind of one of those things where it's like, if I don't do it this way right now at this point in life, it's probably just not going to happen. So I'd rather have something than nothing. Sure. Well, I know, you know, one of the things I've enjoyed as I listened is it seems that you love to have kind of a focused quote unquote project for collecting. But one of the other things I've noticed is those projects sure seem to have a propensity to change a lot. 
why do you think that is? What is what is it that that makes you kind of seem to bounce from one focus to another? Or do you even feel that that's an accurate assessment? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it's part of what makes collecting exciting for me. I've never been a person to hold something uh, and just love it just to hold it, you know, like for eternity. So, sure. so for instance, um, you know, like uh, all the cards I had as a kid, I sold them and I ended up buying some others. I started a Canseco collection and I sold that. And then I built up my huge Canseco super collection. I sold that, but I bought some back and there's like a card I actually have in here that I bought back in, I bought in like 2016 or something or 2017. I sold it. Uh, I bought it back. I traded it away and then I traded it back again uh, to myself. So for me, the enjoyment is the hunt. And I'll tell you like uh, uh, after the Canseco stuff, for instance, um, I got really big into vintage cards mm-hmm. and I just, gosh, I immersed myself in, uh, in uh, vintage stuff, like when, I, especially pre-war, 19th century uh, baseball, I love those cards. I love the history, love everything about it. a lot of the time period, especially when uh, you know internet was certainly not a thing, but even really television, you know, or, or even radio. And and so I really love that. So what I would do is I started uh, buying up a lot of stuff, and then I sold half of. Uh, what I bought. And then I ended up selling up, selling everything else I had except for like four or five cards. But just recently, um, I think it was yesterday or so, I actually ended up buying back, you know, two things as number one is an 1888 Goodwin uh, Champions Mike King Kelly. And okay. then there's also an Allen and Ginter set that I bought back. So, you know, it's just, you know, I'm just doing what, you know, trading cards were meant to be done, you know, uh, with like I just trading back and forth and, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm having the time of my life doing it. What's your What's your current focus right now? Um, you know, I I still pick up uh, Canseco cards that I really like. I've got a, a suitcase of like super rare stuff that I just adore. Like I love this stuff, <laughs> and I've got my uh, collection of uh, of wax, which is uh, mainly from 1980 to 1990 ish. And, you know, a lot, most of that stuff is going to be FASC, which, you know, I'll, for you might know what that is. A lot of people that are listening probably don't. So um, all of the wax boxes I have, for the most part, they're authenticated by a company named BBC Exchange. Mm-hmm. And so what they'll do is BBC Exchange, they're the V authority of, uh, of wax. So what they'll do is they'll take a wax box and they'll authenticate uh, to make sure that the packs are not opened or anything like that, and then they'll seal it. But they take it a step further. If they know for a fact that the box comes from a sealed case, they will label it FASE from a sealed case. So I have a nice little collection of those, but believe it or not, I've uh, toyed with selling those. I have a nice binder of 90s inserts and parallels, and I've toyed with uh, selling those. And it's just, uh, you know, but right now what I'm doing is I'm, I'm actually looking at a few other vintage pieces. Uh, like a 33 Gaudi Ruth, 34 Gaudi Gehrig, a few others, you know, and, uh, you know, it's really for me, the fun part, the, the best part of this hobby is really the hunt, I think. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm enjoying right now. 
In the book, you talk uh, quite a bit about buying and selling collections. And from time to time, you like you just said, you mentioned that you look to sell some of the cards in your collection on the podcast and that you've talked about how you've done that to help generate some of the funds to, to help fund your podcast. And I, I was, or not fund the podcast, but fund your collection. I was just, I was kind of curious about how much enjoyment do you have on the, the business side of the hobby? Yeah, you know, I, I love the the whole process of it all. I really enjoy even the selling. Um, I kind of, I call it a, it's like, it's a game that I, that I make out of this whole thing. Um, it's a cardboard alchemy is what I've called it, mm-hmm. where, you know, you buy cards and whether you love them or you're just doing it for, you know, quote unquote business purposes, you know, and I don't ever really like to use the business word in this sort of thing because this is really all fun for me here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this, this is, this is just a blast re- regardless, but um, I like putting all, recording all of my purchases in an Excel spreadsheet and then uh, selling them. And so if I can find out that I can sell everything for a profit and have cars left over, uh, you know, to me, I win the game. You know, that's that's what I love doing. And so I try to help uh, people work through things like that as well. And I, I want to be able to help people to do that also because it's it's great. There's too many people, I think, that are uh, sinking in their paychecks into these cards. Like for me, this is like a self-contained hobby. Like this doesn't really touch any other funds as far as, you know, like quote unquote real life goes. Like I've literally bought and sold over the past 10 to 15 years and I've used those funds to build up the Conseco collection. I sold the Conseco collection, use those funds to build up my vintage uh, collection and get back other Conseco cards I like. Um, you know, so I want to try to help people to do that. But the number one thing that people need to realize in order to do that is they've got to buy the cards right. Yeah. And when I say that, I'm saying that they need to purchase it at a price that can, you know, that can allow them to make a little money in the back end later on down the road. Yeah, for sure. And and that's one of my main focuses on the podcast as well as the blog also is helping people kind of combine both that business side and the hobby side of collecting so that you can generate a self-sustaining hobby, kind of like what you're talking about. And that's something that, that I enjoy as well. That to me personally, that is one of the, the fun things about the hobby is when you can um, buy and sell some things to cover the cost of the things that you want to keep and, and kind of have, like you said, almost like a game to it. That adds to the enjoyment for me too. And so I always like to hear from others who kind of have a similar mindset and enjoy that aspect too, because I, like you said, I think there, especially as we have more and more new people um, entering the hobby or people who are returning to the hobby after a, a long layoff and are, are discovering a collecting world that is a lot different than what they left learning some of those tips and tricks is, is only beneficial to, to strengthening the overall collecting base, I think. Absolutely. And I think uh, a lot of people have problems in their marriage uh, because of, you know, spending too much money on cards. And so if you can actually, I mean, it's so much better if a husband can say, hey, honey, take a look at what I bought. But guess what? I'm selling things too. So look at the money I've made. Yep. as well. I think that helps a lot. And so I'd like to be able to help people to do that. Like I, I uh, routinely field uh, questions that people email to me or chat with me about. And 
that sort of thing. I, I try to point people in the right direction a lot of times also, but more it's, it's mainly just kind of like quote unquote teaching them to fish. Sure. Um, and part of that also, by the way, is, is to be okay with taking a loss on cards sometimes. You know, I've made mistakes. Like I've made more mistakes probably in the past, like three or four months with buying and selling than I have ever before. Mm-hmm. But I still came out on top. All right. It wasn't a problem, but it burns, you know, when you lose money on a certain card, it's just, but unfortunately it just happens. It happens sometimes. And, uh, that's kind of the nature of the beast. And so there's a lot of people that have the mindset, you know, what? I, gosh, I paid $500 for this. If I can't get that out of my collection, then, you know, I'm just going to keep it. Like, well, no, 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 no. Hang on a second. If the market uh, says it's only worth $350, you know, do you really want to keep $350 worth of cards that, you know, you were wanting to sell with, uh, sell to begin with? No, use that $350 and focus it on buying something after being patient and, um, you know, educating yourself on, on prices and, and find something that could generate you more income with that 350. You know, don't just uh, sit on the boat anchor that you have that's a $500, uh, you know, collection that you sunk your money into. Where do you sell at? Uh, you know, I assume eBay, but are there any other platforms that you sell on? You know, eBay is probably my least favorite place to sell. Okay. Um, just because of the fees and the taxes and there's just so many hurdles now. But for me, I like the forums. I like Facebook groups, Twitter, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. There's so many places nowadays that you could sell cards on. So where can people find you? It, yeah, you've got the website, you've got your Twitter handle, but where where's the, the best place to get a hold of you if somebody has some questions for you? Um, the best way is probably emailing me. It's, uh, you know, my, my website's tanmanbaseballfan.com and my email is tanmanbaseballfan at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, so Twitter's tanmanbbfan. It was, they didn't allow for tanmanbaseballfan. It's too long, I guess. You know, so I, I'm pretty darn accessible. Like on all of the forums, you can find me under, under the name Mushi. It's uh, M-O-U-S-C-H-I. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you, if you look for me, if you just, if anybody Googles tan man, baseball fan, I'll come up. Very cool. Well, thank you, Tanner, for, uh, stopping in and, and getting a chance to chat a little bit. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, as you've been on my list of people to talk to for the last year or two. And so I'm glad we finally got a chance to connect. Yeah. Well, it was good talking to you. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, let me know what you think at waxpackhero at gmail.com or reach out to me on Twitter at the Mike Summer. I'd love to hear what you think about that interview with Tanner. Get a hold of Tanner at the contact info he shared and be sure to check out his book. I'll put a link in the show notes. And also I have an article at waxpackhero.com where I did kind of a book review on his book, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. I would also appreciate it if you checked out the other show that I'm a part of, The Hobby Hotline. It's on Saturday mornings live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. It's a little bit everywhere, but it's a live call-in show where collectors get a chance to call in and ask some of us hosts some questions. And so follow the show at Hobby Hotline on Twitter. There's a Facebook page, Hobby Hotline Facebook page. I'd love for you guys to check that out as well. That is all I have for you today, and so I will catch you next time.